the Spanish announce table. It is episode 417 of the Spanish announce table, and a few things have happened this week in the wacky world of professional wrestling that we'll have to talk about. That's Tom over there. I'm Tim over here. It's Kenny Omega reaching for the brass ring back over there. And, uh, man, Tom, um, I, I, I know you well. Uh, yeah, but for any thanks. of our uh, our folks watching and listening, um, is there anything new in your world before we uh, before we dive into some stuff this week? Not really. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, maybe you're more of a newer listener and or watcher on the YouTube. But I have a tumor in my uh, shoulder chest area. And so I've been doing some uh, chemo to get that reduced because of the spot it's in can't be removed because then if it's removed, then I'm not using my left arm. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, so got some checkups. Uh, my white blood cell count is a little low, which means I'm more susceptible to uh, illness. So I'm back to, uh, you know, being a little bit more cautious than I was in the past. Um, but things are looking up. Should have like four months from now, and then we'll get, we're going to do my first uh, scan to see if it's if the tumor's been reduced at all. Um, so doing that, and then more importantly, Tim, uh, going around Target today, just shopping around. Yeah, got me a Monday Night Raw set with Undertaker, Razor Ramon, and then the One Two Three Kid, not X Pac. One, two, three, kid. So that's really the news. I love that, it. I, for anybody watching live on the YouTube, hold that back up there for a second. What? Uh, what you what you may be missing here is uh, on Razor's outfit. That's green. However, it looks blue right now <laughs> because that's the magic oh, yeah. of television. But I thought if I put it in front of me, it wouldn't. But yes, <laughs> yeah, no. I got you. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually go. Yeah, you no longer appear. However, but the background does again. Magic of television. But um, that is awesome. Uh, you know what else is awesome? You. Um, the awesome me, voice. Uh, the awesome voice. Oh, uh, Theo being in the chat is awesome. He says, we got lots of rain here in California. We're not out of the drought yet. Sorry, pal. Man. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is also is awesome is a guy named Bill. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, who hey. is our beer sponsor of the week, Tom. I love these beer sponsors of the week. I picked up the uh, Saga Tuck Brewing Company Blueberry Maple Stout, and uh, it's stout. Review? I, yeah, I will review. Say what do you think? It is stout. It is stout. It is much better when I put it in a container. I was trying to go from the can. Out of the can. And man, a stout out of the can tastes like an ashtray. You know what I mean? Now, here, I, you get more yeah. of the full-bodied flavor here, and it's smoother. Yeah. yeah, I typically don't like any alcohol out of a can if, if I have the choice. Obviously, True, yeah. if it's... Uh, you know, if I'm in my early 20s at a college, we also party, don't drink like Coors Lights, like the greatest quarterback that's ever lived, Patrick Mahomes. But you know, we we drink a little more. You know. Dude, I used to. I tell you oh, what, there yeah. was one time. There was one time I liked the taste of Coors Light so much, uh, just for funsies to freak people out, and I actually did it. Uh, well, actually, I did it on the podcast one time, but something separate. Yeah. I put Coors Light in my breakfast cereal, and I'd eat it with uh, Coors Light, and they're like, "What the fuck?" Co- like, yeah, Coors right. Light was my father's beer, so that's what I grew up drinking because that's what I mm. stole from my dad all the time. <laughs> but awesome. why beer is awesome, and why we have a beer sponsor of the week is because Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, who, by the way, you should follow on Instagram. You should follow us on Instagram at Spanish Announce Podcast. 
podcast. You should follow Awesome Bill, Awesome Bill, at Fuck Yo Mama Two Times. Now that's F U K. I wish I, I should have got a graphic, right? That's F U K Y O M O M M A Two X. You got to do it twice, right? It's if it's worth doing once, it's worth doing twice. So I heard Awesome Bill from Dawsonville always. Gets trash out on time, never misses, always gets his cans back in uh, at, at when you know before they're legally need to be brought back in. Awesome neighbor, awesome Bill from Dawsonville. So much of an awesome neighbor that I've heard that he helps the elderly cross the street. Mm-hmm. I've also oh, yeah, heard that awesome Bill from Dawsonville is uh, being elected the local mayor, even though he didn't run because people want him to represent them in their community. Yeah. Huh? I heard he's so awesome that he gets a two for one deal for 50% off. You know what I'm saying? Carry the two. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So you two can be the beer sponsor of the week, and we'll continue to talk about how great Awesome Bill from Dawsonville is. You can go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, which is where you can always watch this show live as we're streaming it, or you can check it back throughout the week uh, on our YouTube channel, right? Um, you can go there. There's a donate link, or you can use our cash app. We are Spanish Announce Table. You know, you use that little dollar sign in front. You can always donate there and just let us know. You know what I mean? If there's a specific beer, if it's just like, hey, pick some up. Uh, you can also buy our shirts. I'm not wearing our shirts. I'm wearing a GCW shirt because, you know, mm-hmm. it's MDK all motherfucking day over here. But uh, you can go to Pro Wrestling Tees, buy our shirts over there if you don't want to just give us money. I mean, we like either of, the, either of those options. You know what I mean? Whatever you want to do with it. Theo says, I think that tumor inside of T-Mac is a parting gift from the spider that almost took him out. That's a callback. And, that is a callback. That's, and- that's going back to the corporation days. I tell you what, and that is, I mean, the tumor scared me, right? Because when someone says tumor, you think the worst. However, when my torso was twice the size it should be, and I was red and sweating, that scared me a little bit more because the danger was more imminent. (laughs) I remember prior to that, because you were at the show in the radio Mm -hmm. station here, we're doing it, we're recording, and you're like getting a little flushed. And a little sweaty, and you're like, eh, I get like a little, and you're like, ah, but my mom had some, uh, you're like, she had some, or your was a stepmom or something. You're like, my stepmom's yeah. a nurse or something like that. And you're like, she gave me a couple meds. You were like, they they expired a couple months ago, but they're all right. And I was like, Tommy, you need to go to the hospital. <laughs> it took like, it took my know. mom it took my mom <laughs> banging down my apartment door, grabbing me by the wrist, taking me to urgent care, yeah. and then the urgent care doctor or nurse, whatever it was, nurse practitioner said, uh, hey. Uh, actually, I kind of blacked out because I was getting so nervous from their kind of concern. Uh, but she said this could have been deadly uh, two yeah. different times. So yeah, well, and that that was, I, I'd worked in hospitals for ten years, and I was like, I don't, I don't recall many situations where people were like, oh, I got bit by a spider, I started swelling up, and then it went away. <laughs> I was like, you're gonna need a little bit more direct medical attention. So Spanish announce table PSA. You bit by a spider and you start swelling up. Go to the doctor so you can still be here with us later, like Tom and Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Uh, Who's Jeffrey checking in. in the chat. Yeah, he, he says, "What's up, boys? Good to see y'all for another show." Awesome Bill from Dawsonville checking in. All right, so now the we we're, we pulled back the curtain. It is Jeffrey Sills, who is Jeffrey Sills is Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Is fuck your mama two times, and he's the coolest person on the earth uh, right now, as far as that goes. Oh, I'm holding up the container here, uh, the uh, beer sponsor. Of the he week. got me. 
He mm-hmm. got me. Now I purchased it, but with his uh, donation to our podcast and being the beer sponsor of the week, a legit real compliment that we're not making up from thin air. Uh, this is my favorite beer. It is seasonal. I was not going to buy it. He then became our beer sponsor of the week. So now I am drinking my favorite beer because of Awesome Bill yeah. from Dawsonville. Yeah. Fuck him on my two again, times. Once again, because it is an Irish beer. <laughs> You're seeing a little bit of magic of television uh, where <laughs> the certain parts of the label have disappeared. Oh, you can still see it. However, you get, you get, you get the point. You get the point. This is what we do over here. You know what I mean? We're not a high-run operation, and that's why we need your donations, right? So that we can we can have a few beers to laugh at ourselves, for fuck's sake. So, Tom, what isn't laughing matter? Albeit, I've had a lot of laughs about it. Oh, it's yes. very a laughing matter. <laughs> it's very a laughing matter, I guess is the news of of our I know we said this when Vince McMahon was retiring quote unquote was this is the biggest news story in the history of the Spanish announce table but that was but now this is right like the the Vince McMahon saga continues and man I mean we we can start wherever we feel like we need to start I think everybody knows what's going on right Vince McMahon informs the board that he says hey um I know you told me to leave because of these uh, legal transgressions. Uh, he basically says in his letter, uh, I hear you, but any of those legal transgressions would not affect us so negatively that my expertise would be missed in the upcoming media rights, you know what I mean, pivotal time. So with that said, I'm reelecting myself to chairman of the board. I'm bringing two other board members back with me, and three of you are gone. And furthermore, if you try to stop me from doing this, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but this Mm -hmm. is the gist of it. If you try to stop me from doing this, being that I have 81% voting power and can do this, I'm just going to say no to every media rights negotiation deal, which is effectively tanking the company, right? So he held them hostage and holy shit, right? So that, that comes shortly after... A seemingly, or no, Stephanie McMahon comes the next day, right? Stephanie McMahon resigns like the next day that he shows up. Correct. And even says in the thing, like he's coming back to broker a sale, broker Mm -hmm. a sale of the company. And that's exactly what they say they're doing, which could happen as soon as a couple months, right? Just could Mm -hmm. be sold and done. And the rumor mill that is pro wrestling here, and this is why we're talking about this now. We want to kind of delineate. We've said we're not going to talk about speculation and the Sean Ross Shaps and, and all that, Jeff. Some of that got bled over because what is a very real Wall Street Journal news story is also kind of bleeding into the pro wrestling journalism world of, you know, there's Sean Ross Shaps or whatever all their fucking names are, right? Yeah. But, right. But the rumor mill starts flying that not only are they selling, an agreement has been made, and it is selling to the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, which sent people crazy. We even address it on our TikTok, which you should follow us, at Spanish Announce Table Podcast. It's at Spanish Announce Table on TikTok. Uh, Jeffrey Sill says the donation and the beers only make the product better. Well, thanks. You make the product better. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. I know you make Dawsonville better. You would probably make well, Dawson's Creek better. Probably. Let's you get back on track, though. Right. So uh, here's here's okay. So we, we've kind yeah. of said Saudi Arabia, but then yeah. but that reputable you know sources, comes back right. Yeah. So reputable source Ariel Hawani, who does primarily report on mixed martial arts, 
However, his former agent was Nick Khan, who is now the CEO of WWE. So I imagine his sources are pretty good, said, uh, hey, the Saudi Arabia deal is not going to happen. So now we're sitting here on a Thursday evening about to talk about AEW Dynamite. But before we do, we're going to be talking about this. And there's no sale. Saudi Arabia did happen, didn't happen. Maybe it's still going to happen. But Tim, I'm going to pose this to you. Do we think that this is all just a Trojan horse? Hey, put me back on the board because I'm not going to approve any sale. Okay, well, fine. Here, we're going to put it back on the board. And then six to eight months later, it's in the best interest of WWE that it stays a family business. And Vince McMahon will be the sole owner of World Wrestling Entertainment. Do you think that is a possibility? Because I do. Yes, I do. Now, however, I think that was... Honestly, the most likely to happen if it were to sell to somebody like the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, which again they didn't. Mm-hmm. They said, "Hey, that's not happening today. Like, no deal has been made." Right? Is what they said. Now, that is a whole bag of worms that we can get into if and when that does become an issue. Right? That's where we're starting to do the drawing of the lines thing. Right? If you want to talk offline, hit us up on the TikToks, the table shows, the whatever. I got plenty to tell you about the Saudi Arabia PIF and what, you know what I mean? Why that's a, a horrific move for the industry at large. Now it's probably not, if I were a betting man and I, and there's betting odds on this, by the way, of course, that's, of course. that's the most plus money you can make is the Saudi Arabia PIF. Right. So it's probably not happening. Right. And this is well, why I think though, yeah. well, and so this is why I think it is. It's not because Vince man doesn't want to take their money and he, and, give the company over to them. So then, then they go private and then he becomes the decision maker on every single thing of which he wants to do. Right. I think the reason why it's such plus money on the Vegas books and things of that nature is because take a look at the Saudi Arabia public fund, whatever the fuck it's called. Right. And if you notice they own live golf, right. They started live golf to go after the PGA. Hey, We're going to pay them more. We're going to have cooler tournaments, all that stuff. And every network from NBC to ABC to CBS to the Golf Channel said, we ain't doing business with you. So right now, Live Golf cannot get a TV deal, even though the Saudis have all of this money they're pouring into it. So with that being said, the TV deals for WWE are coming up sooner rather than later. And I think... If Vince McMahon is a betting man, he's going to say, well, if I give it to him and I get the money, but then we don't get any TV contracts, well, then I'm out of a job by I'm 80, yeah. right? So that's why I don't think it's going to happen. Well, so I think there's a lot at pulled here. And and I think people, look, I, I made a TikTok about some of this, and there's a lot of opinions flying our ways in the comments, right? And there's a lot of bros they want to act like Vince McMahon is just doing this because it's it's financially driven. He understands they're not going to make uh, as much as they were before in the media rights. So now it's sell while high and and cash out, basically, which is true to an extent. I think he would make that decision only and, and you would be stupid to say he doesn't isn't thinking this way because he's shown us at every turn who the fucking kind of person he is. 
He's doing this because he's telling every one of those board members that tell him to leave, if I can't have it, none of you fucking can. I will sell it to Disney. I will sell it to the Saudi Arabians before any of you fucking have power over me. That is what he's doing here. Oh, yeah, 100%. In, in no way do I believe it's anything else. So unless he can say my investment company, whatever, he, the investment company, whatever the company was that owned XFL, right, that mm-hmm. he made, if I can't buy out the remaining shares and once again turn it back private, then I'm selling it, right? Like we're all going to fucking whatever and all of you are like, take your money and run, but like we're done. And I think that's what he's doing. Like, I honestly think that's what he's doing because that's the kind of fucking person he is. That is what he has always been. He -hmm. will cut off his nose to spite his face, and that's where I think we're at. And so whomever it sells to, even, look, even if it's not this Saudi Arabia public investment fund, which would probably be the honestly just worst thing to happen (laughs) to wrestling ever, but even one of these other companies is, it's, yes, right? So- Yes, they could just take it over and just be like, all right, well, we're taking it over. Vince and Triple H and stuff, you guys figure it out and keep running it. And as long as money's being made and we're, you know what I mean? We're doing things and everything's good. What happens is like with these corporations, like let's say Disney owns it, right? And they're like, oh, ESPN will cover it. We'll put it on ABC channels and whatnot. When ratings do dip or something goes bad and they're like, all right, well, we've got to make a change. And Triple H, you're out. We're bringing in. Freddie Prince Jr., whoever it is, right? And now they're not doing good. And then, you know, they're like third runs around. It's so no longer connected to anybody who like had that drive, motivation, determination to like make this live at all costs. It certainly starts becoming a well a fucking and we know this moved. We out. know this from a local example where if you're not in this world, if you're not familiar with this world. You will not make it. I understand that Nick Khan right now is the CEO and he does have ties from when he was a child growing up with the rock on the Hawaiian islands and all of this stuff, but he's still not a wrestler, right? Or he didn't grow up in the business. This is a unique animal all into itself. This is not something where, Hey, I have 10 years of writing experience for friends. So I'm going to come over here and run the creative for WWE. It's not that way at all. There's injuries. There's, drug habits there's travel issues there's so many things that like you have to be prepared for so i do agree with you that if it is a disney which disney i think if i were ranking them five would be saudi four would be disney disney is in such a world of a hurt right now they're trying to spin off espn because they're not making money off of that so them acquiring new assets i do not think is even remotely a possibility right I could be wrong, but that's just how I'm reading it. But yes, to your point, if Comcast, who owns NBC, who then owns Peacock and, you know, all the rest of the details of that, Mm -hmm. if they run it and they say, Triple H, hey, we're really hoping for 2.2 million each week and you're giving us 1.7. Yeah. We're going to try X person. That's when it all goes downhill. The thing about the PIF is they're the most likely buyer to overpay. Because well, they're the most likely. Their objective is not necessarily profit-driven, right? So they, their goal is to enhance the image and the connections oh, of the of the government worldwide. You yeah, know I mean? it's inter, it's entertainment washing. Right. It's saying, hey, everything's cool because we have this coming to our country. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so they're most likely to say, 
Now that what what a, a group like Comcast or NBC Universal can do to counteract that is like, okay, but like, like yes, we we won't pay you as much, but like now like we're we are the platform that you used to have to do media rights with right so now we're talking different numbers and stuff like that it's a different it's not apples to oranges if you're or, and you on know, that kind yeah of thing. and on their side they're thinking hey instead of us renting wwe every five years and doing a contract how about we just own it and then we have what is it six hours of content each week that we don't even need to think about we already have a ready-made group that's going to watch it join peacock do all the things and i think that's where again vince mcmahon comes in and says hey i'll run day to day and they say sure they go whatever do it fine the interesting part is if you go back to when we started this conversation when saudi was going to buy it one of the secondary things there was and then go private right comcast they are a publicly traded company as of my understanding yep so then i don't know if so that's where I don't, like you said, Vince McMahon, bite his, what's the phrase? Bite his face, despite his whatever. Yes, right, uh, yeah. um, whatever, right? But yeah. this is where I don't think he'll go to a Comcast because he's a stubborn asshole who says it's me or nothing. Yeah. Where Comcast says you were kicked out before we were even involved. So, I mean, not that's why, you know, and that, and that's the thing is like, so, so maybe it's not the PIF because notwithstanding uh, all the extra baggage that comes on, on that, that like, if we start breaking them down, we'll be here for hours. But like Jeffrey still said in the chat, he said, I think they leaked the news to see the reaction of the IWC. I, I, that, that of course crosses our mind, but I don't think they're the type of company to like leak a news to see the results, but like they pay attention. They saw mm-hmm. the reaction. Right. Right. But they're the type to also judge a negative reaction and be like, we can live with that. That'll yeah. blow over. Right. I mean, that's what Vince said in his thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. this will blow over. So, like, again, if somebody's willing to overpay, that's the wild card in this is that if the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund wanted to because they just absolutely wanted it, they would double any offer, and they could. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they could beat anybody else bidding. But anybody, yeah. and it's like Jeffrey Sills said, Netflix or Amazon would be a great destination. I don't think that's true either. Look, Netflix is tanking money left and right as well. Amazon isn't, but like, this is what we're talking about. That corporate disconnect, when it starts having any kind of rough waters, they're just going to be like, I, you know what? We're just going to throw it away. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, they'll just be done with it, and that'll be the, the end of it. It'll it'll be gone. And which, hey, you know what? We've been trying great. to tell all y'all. To just abandon that ship anyway, because so so Stephanie McMahon retires uh, or resigns, right? Says, I'm out. Now, mm-hmm. we said, is this daddy? She's pissed off at dad. Now they can't come to an agreement. Now I'm leaving. Or did they sell to Saudi Arabia and they said, can't have a female CEO? Like, there's all kinds of shit to wonder about. But, like, we've tried to tell you these are trash bag folks. And Vince has proven that left and right. Vince is trash. We've discussed all the myriad of reasons why that is. This is furthering that narrative. But let's not say Stephanie McMahon is the victim here, nor is Triple H, nor is any of these board members that got fired. Because they all knew, right? They all knew. They all have known. They either participated or they looked the other way. And I don't care if bad shit happens to them at this point. I would prefer Vince McMahon takes the hardest fall. It seems like he's not going to take any fall. 
but yeah. the rest of them catching some fucking spray pellets like fucking Dick Cheney shot them in the forest. Hey, yeah. Sorry. You know what I mean? So like that's what you deserve. Yeah. So let's get into that part of the conversation too, because one thing that I was very aggravated with, uh, with the response from Twitter, Facebook, whatever you want to say, social media, right? Or TikTok was, comments. TikTok, yeah, all the things it is the second half of the conversation where let's just say that the Saudi deal goes through, right? And then this, oh, doesn't that stink for Kevin Owens? Doesn't it stink for the new day? Here's what I'll say to that, especially for the more recent re-signs, like a Sami Zayn, like a Kevin Owens, like these other people that have been reported to re-sign contracts. AJ Styles, I think, is another one, right? When you knowingly go into business with an evil person, which it's known, and again, we've said this a million times, Vince is who we thought he is. He proves it every single chance he gets. He goes out of his way to make sure you know it. And so if you say, hey, man, the the money here is really good, X, Y, and Z, then you're willingly signing a contract going into an agreement with an evil person. So when that evil person has consequences for their shitty actions, you also fucking suffer. And I'm not feeling bad for yeah. you. This was not as if Kevin Owens, I'll just use it as the example because he has me blocked on Twitter. So who cares anyhow? But this was not as if someone had Kevin Owens wrist and pushed it down onto the piece of paper, made him sign a pen and he put his name on. No, he said, I could go to AEW with my friends, the Young Bucks, or I could stay here because WWE has been my favorite thing since I was a little kid, since I, since I was watching, you know, Monday Night Raw, right? All this stuff. But he decided to stay. And so this is then when the other shoe drops. When, let's say the Saudi deal goes through and you don't like who now owns it, tough shit. He's yeah. an evil person. He went into business with an evil entity. Yeah. That's so, what happens. Jeffrey Sills brings up, he says, the Saudis own Newcastle Football Club, and that has a woman running it. So maybe it's not that. Maybe it's just Stephanie is not happy with Vince forcing his way back. Remember, she's part of the board voting against him returning. Now, that Newcastle, I did some reading up on this mm -hmm. PIF, so I kind of know what I'm talking about. So I'm not completely okay. coming out of the Bobby Heenan School of Journalism here. Hey. But um, that Newcastle thing was fought legally in the country, and like they had to sign some legally binding agreements that they wouldn't have that sort of like control and power over those kind of decisions, right? Like that they yeah. are literally just the financial partner and they tried to fight against that. So like, it, yeah, but right. I would say that one's a, yeah, but I, I don't think that was the choice of the PIF. Right. Yeah. So with all that being said, let's just do one quick funsy kind of thing. And then Vince's we'll trash. move into well, we know that, but we'll go into <laughs> one quick little funsy conversation, uh, and then let's get into what we have is an email, and then that will transition us to our favorite to topic, AEW and AEW Dynamite. So, right now, my favorite topic is Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, our beer sponsor. Well, I mean, that's week. an easy. We knew that. Yeah, our beer right. sponsor of the week right here. I, Cheers. I heard Awesome Bill from Dawsonville smells like what people who use Febreze to freshen up think they're going to smell like. I heard Awesome Bill from Dawsonville, when he goes down the street, gets random compliments from people that he doesn't even know. Yeah, right. So I heard he brings a bag of quarters to the Aldi and hands them out to everyone in the parking lot. Oh, my goodness. What a what a gent, right? Solid what a dude. Gentleman. Solid yeah. dude. It's an absolute wonderful person. Saint. Hey. Saint. Saint. 
right here. Yeah. Yeah. You um, too can be a saint in the beer sponsor of the week by donating to the Spanish announce table, cash app, Spanish announce table, Spanish announce table.net. There's a PayPal donate link. You could be awesome. Like Bill from Dawsonville. So let's get into this one quick thing. I just want to know as yeah. of right now, it mm-hmm. is January. What is it? Huh? 12, Nine inches. January 12th, January 12th, 2023. Yeah. Okay. So do you think Vince is going to sell the company? And if so, who does he sell it to? Um, <laughs> first of all, awesome. Bill from uh, Dawsonville says, I smell like ganja. And Theo says, I hear when Austin Bill from Dawsonville farts, it restores the ozone layer. <laughs> That's a good perfect. One. I like perfect. that one. All right. Um, I th- I think they do. Because I don't think then to any who? of the existing board is gonna say, Yeah, cool. You can just be back and I'm hanging out. So either he takes it private or they sell it. And everybody's gonna want to just be on team sell because they're gonna cash out and make a shit ton of money more than him probably just buying the stock, right? So, who's it to then? Man, I'm going with the wild card. I'm going with the Saudi Arabia public investment fund. Just so we can. Yeah, yeah. Just to really wreck shit. That'd be great. That'd be great for us. I think (laughs) that would be great for us. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Uh, I don't think he's selling. I think he figured out an angle two to three months ago that this would be the Trojan horse to get him back into the seat. He wants kicking out the people, Mm -hmm. kicking out the people who voted him off in the first place. And then he does a six months from now. Hey fellas, uh, shareholders, women, all the people alike. uh, We just can't find a good, uh, a good buyer. No one can really come to terms with what you guys are wanting way forward. Is, is with me here me being 89 and a half years old with my finger on the pulse of the nation at large hey and then i bet you he even puts in there a nick Khan is running things great day to day as our ceo and he says something to that effect so i don't think it i think maybe now here's what i'll say in january i would not be shocked if summer or by the winter nick Khan steps away Triple H steps away, and then it's just Vince by himself up there on the mountain. But another wild card in this is Vince McMahon is seventy plus years old. We think he could live to ninety years old. Yeah, his mom's also yeah. But people fall at this age and die. You know what I mean? So the wild card there is that could happen, and then a month later, massive heart attack. Right. Maybe a little bit too much cocaine off of people's backs that you later had them fucking sign an NDA for. I don't know. Hey, hey. hey. So we have talked about <laughs> at nauseum why you people watch this shit. Look, I understand the nostalgia. I, As I showed you, I have the new Raw set from 1995. I have action figures of... Mean Gene Okerlund, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and all of the like. I understand the nostalgia feeling. However, with new information gathered, and again, Finn's proving to himself, proving to us who he is at every turn, we have asked you, why are you still supporting? Especially with so many viable, easy, 
alternatives, such as Tim's shirt, GCW, such as what we're going to talk about in just a minute, AEW, such as Impact, and so on and so forth. So, with all that being said, we finally have an email, which again, we do feel have free an email. to send us an email, tableshow at gmail.com. We love hearing your emails. We love reading them. Uh, send us a voice memo if you want. Send us a video yep. if you want. We'll play it here. All of that is welcome. All kinds of ways to get in touch with us. Absolutely. TikToks, all of the stuff. Yep. But tableshow at gmail.com. We got an email. Tim, you are a yep. better public reader yep. than I am. So why don't you go ahead? Speaking of, uh, of nostalgia, you can also chime in on our YouTube chat live on these shows like Roy Baptiste, who said Vince will bring back Gerald Briscoe. Uh, hey. Hey, right? <laughs> anyway, it, feel free to expand further on why Gerald Briscoe might be a good hire back for the sale of this company by sending us an email to tableshow at gmail.com like Brian J. Bay did here. And he says, why I watch WWE. Are you ready for this, Tom? He yes, said, I, I will preface this by saying, I don't watch WWE all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. But, but I get what he's saying, right? Like, all right, so yeah. maybe not all the time, but here's what. There are a few things I watch for. Number one, the bloodline and Sami Zayn. For me, it's entertaining. They're doing their best work so far. The buildup to turning on Sami is fun, although it is taking a long time to get there. And I think we agree that's the best story they're telling over there on WWE by far, and the best one they've probably told in a long time. If Sami Zayn had not been inserted into it a little while back, it would have been nauseatingly having gone on too long, right? I agree. Now, number two, Bray Wyatt and the Circle Six. Again, this is a very slow burn. I don't think LA Knight is the right way to go personally. It's not been the best road so far but I just want to see the end result. And for me, I wouldn't mind seeing the end result, but I am just no longer under the belief that the end result will be good. This is However, me in response yeah. to this. Yeah. And here's, here's my two cents about that. I will say with that second point, curiosity does kill the cat, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. There is a, cause we've seen in the past, the firefly Funhouse match with John Cena, Going into that, we on this podcast was like, that's going to fucking suck. What is it? Is it going to be the snakes again on the mat? And it was bugs on the ring. Yeah. And it was one of the most incredible experiences as a pro wrestling fan I've ever had in my life. Yeah, We call it the most entertaining wrestling match we'd ever seen, I think, at the time. Yeah, at the time. So again, curiosity kills the cat. I can understand you tuning in for that. So that's number two. Okay, what else we got? Number three. Seamus and the Brawling Brutes. Seamus is just good. Like Bray, he is over with every gimmick he is handed, and he's so good in the ring. He and the Brutes are fun and entertaining. And we've talked about Seamus. You put Seamus, I think, in your top five several times throughout many years, right? You tell people, like, hey, quietly, you guys aren't talking about Seamus enough. Yeah, Seamus, and look, there is that certain style of wrestling that I love more than others, and Seamus does that style, that hard-hitting, you know, uh, fight-like style, not where you're doing high flips and stuff. It's more huge lariats and whatnot. Uh, Yeah, Seamus is great. Walter is great. I'm not calling him Gunther. Fuck that. Walter is awesome. Uh, So, yeah, I totally understand that. I would say to all three reasons, And again, 
maybe I'm a hypocrite. I don't know. But uh, I just see that on Twitter. There's nothing there. And here's the thing too. You don't have to follow WWE's accounts to see that there's uh, BR wrestling. There's uh, fightful. There's all these accounts that says like, check out the great moment from fill in the blank on so NXT, you know what I mean? So well, that's why. And I so I'll, I'll, I'll agree with him here in, in a summation here at the, at the end. He says the rest of WWE is not that great. There are mm-hmm. things once in a while that might be worth watching, but if I miss something, it's not the end of the world. AEW mm-hmm. is superior by far. I will watch every match on AEW mm-hmm. shows. Your AEW brother in arms, Brian J. Bay Bay. Now, that's the thing is, yeah, I can watch a WWE show and pick out things that were fine, good, maybe even better than average. I don't want to discredit that. Very hardworking folks, some of the best in the business, do what they do there, right? Mm-hmm. But it's that. It's I don't want to have to watch the other two and a half hours of really bad shit, right? From mm-hmm. really bad folks that I'm just like... I don't want to commit my time. So, yes, if I'm sitting on the couch and doing something else and the and Raw is on, I might have it on. But I'm not even really watching it, man. It's And it's still just – I've said this before. We had a whole thing called TV Sucks. And it's, it, it's kind of gone the way to where it is simplistic stuff. It is so surface-level nonsense. Like, it's not real stories here. The Bloodline story – in the Bray Wyatt Circle Six are the only ones with any sort of depth to anything at all, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. any kind of real actual depth of anything, of any sort of actual mm-hmm. human emotions, behaviors, any sort of things like that. And the, the problem with the Bray Wyatt one is, man, I know you think this is paying off and that you think it's leading to somewhere, but like you're you're leaving far too many details that you're expecting people are going to remember week over week. And the things you're saying, and you're 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 doing 15 things when four would do, right? Like that's that's the problem with that one, right? It's just too much, yeah, for too long. And so the bloodline Sami Zayn one is probably the only one that's passable to me. And so that that's just the thing is like I I don't know why even all the other shit aside, where hey man, it's supporting one of the most evil fucks I think I've ever known to exist in my lifetime. And <laughs> even that aside, well, it's just, it's not good product. It's not good. Well, stuff. so, so this is where I come in. So this is my angle. And again, I've said this multiple times over many different episodes, uh, but it's called the Overton window. It, it's what you are willing to accept to then view as passable in your life. And everyone's window is different, right? You can see this view. I can see that view, all of the stuff for me. It goes to that 100%. The bloodline is fine. Go back to past episodes. Sami Zayn, even before he was doing the bloodline and the conspiracy theories, one of my favorite all-time wrestlers. NXT. From when he was El Generico in all of the different promotions, PWG, Ring of Honor, all of that stuff. He is just one of the people I've always just connected with. Babyface or heel. I just just love Sami Zayn. But to me, this is again, me, Thomas. You could be different and that's fine. But for me, you could me, be wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> right. But for me, I just can't support a company that's willing to go into business, for example, with those Saudi Arabia events 
and not have Sami Zayn because he's Syrian. So, so it's those things, right? And again, look, I have an iPhone, right? This is made by sweatshop workers who are probably teenagers. It's fucking bad, but I'm accepting this as my reality. So that's where I come in. On top of that, then comes the points we're talking about. The bloodlines. Okay. Yeah, right. The the Bray Wyatt is might be cool. Sheamus is gonna give you a cool lariat. That honestly, no offense, but I can see from Hangman. Right. Yeah. Get, it's like so that it's bad makes it even easier not to watch it. But because of who that company is run by and the circle of groups, it's not just him. Yeah. It's all of them. I, I can't don't do get. It the for me too it's this it, it's I, I know we get a lot of people that come on this like fight of like well, aw versus wwe yeah people who say one or the other sucks right and we do say wwe sucks and aw is great right but yeah we're not coming from but like for me the whole thing was having those thoughts right like this is kind of boring and i don't like the people when another product presented itself i we, when aw was starting my reservation the whole time was, man, I just hope it's not the flips and shit all the time and the young bucks being like, smell our dicks and that it's got lights, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and it's got good boards and it's got good production level. It's not all the way there, but when they showed that like they're throwing out at least a B plus to an A minus on doing all those things, I was like, great. I don't get how you can like watch one or the other and be like, and just and just think that like i guess i i i need more of an explanation for people when they watch aw and they're like this is so terrible versus the other one i'm like on what measurables what are you talking about cuz they're doing the same things right they're both going out there they're flipping around they're they're fake fighting and they're trying to tell stories mm-hmm. while doing it right they're both doing that mm-hmm. but just like so how you could ultimately say like one's like we'll say WWE's terrible because they're not doing that portion well, right? They're doing all the flips well, they're doing all the lighting well, they're doing all the video oh. packages well. It's those stories that they're telling that suck. Yeah. Right? And Walter, that's what we love, I think, about the AEW. Yeah, Walter versus Ricochet as a standalone match is as good as any match that we're gonna talk about on Dynamite from last night or anything AEW's done. It's not that the matches from WWE have ever been bad. Again, I will go to this tribalism where you're either AEW or you're WWE to me. And again, this is speaking for myself. I'm just not WWE. If GCW would have got the TNT TBS deal, I guarantee you, Tim, we'll be recapping GCW yeah. mm-hmm. light tubes in the face or whatever they want to call the fucking show. Right? Like it's just not that. And so that's where my tribalism <laughs> comes in is it's just, the alternatives across the board yeah. are more interesting. And, and again, in three months time, if Tony Khan, we find out has been human trafficking, his, uh, AEW dark wrestlers in you know, communities that they go to and stuff like that. Well, then I'm going to change my opinion, but for what I know now, he's not an evil person. Neither is his father. So I'm going to support that. Also Brett Lauderdale, doesn't seem like a horrible person. So I'm going to support GCW. So that's where my attention goes to. And again, another thing, when you're talking about the boredom, there's a lot of competing factors on a Monday night. For example, I've talked about it many times and I love it and I'm not ashamed of it at all. But Monday night is holiday baking championship, motherfuckers. We got spring, we got holiday, we got Halloween, we got 
kids. I like well, all of that. To shit. me, the spirit of pro wrestling, wrestling is is a bit of a party mentality, right? We're coming in to watch a circus show, right? It's a circus show. Now, with the advent of television, we started telling week over week stories around that circus show, right? So you're gonna have a bit of the zany. You're gonna have a bit of the of the crazy. You're gonna have the outlandish. You're gonna have stuff that pushes the envelope, but you're gonna have a lot of crowd fun interaction, right? And people loving these charismatic over the top characters and stars right mm -hmm. yep with wwe being corporate i guess this will be the one thing i'll say about if they go back to private right is with them being corporate i think was one of the issues of oh they won't go far enough yep. into those realms right yeah. and that's where it's boring and yet like you can say you know yeah they have mass appeal maybe but like man i just don't like you know, Tupac said it best one time when somebody asked him about MC Hammer selling 10 million records. He said, yeah, but 10 million crack rocks were sold. That doesn't mean crack is good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't, I don't buy it, man. The stuff is, the stuff they're putting out there, man, if you're entertained by it and you're like biting your nails wondering what's happening, man, I just, I think we're, we're on different levels, man. <laughs> I'm so, like, I don't know. Like, I just, I can't get how you can get enthralled by the product that they're putting out. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where hey. I just, uh, that's where I was like, how can you hate, like, what we saw in AEW Dynamite, right? Like, how can you be like, that was a fucking fun, the crowd was having a blast. And we're going to talk all about it because it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. There were stories involved. There was comebacks. There was meaning to things. Yeah, let's talk about it right now. So this guy I'm holding up, if you're watching the YouTube video, kicked off well, the wrestling event. Jeffrey Sills okay. did say, uh, I hoped AEW wasn't TNA. That was my fear. <laughs> I, think that was, I was like, man, I won a second, but the second that came last yeah. was a side big note, disappointment. Though, side note, though, and this is going off on a tangent. Side quest. We'll get back on topic and review Dynamite here in just a second. But side quest. And Kurt Angle was killing it in fucking TNA. And if it wasn't for the bad TV deals oh, yeah. and all of the underexposure that, that he was getting, you motherfuckers would be saying he's the greatest wrestler of all time. His shit with Nigel McGuinness and Mr. Anderson, even though those two guys have never done anything of note at a national you know, scale before, he was fucking killing it with them. The main event mafia. Anyhow, I'm just going to say, TNA had a 100%. moment in time, right? But... Yes, it's not TNA. It's much better. AEW fucking rocks. And it fucking rocks because of guys like this. And it kicked off with, last night, a blood feud. It was John Moxley walking out first, taking on cowboy shit, hangman Adam Page. And Tim, these motherfuckers acted like they really didn't like each other because every move from a lariat to the punch in the face was hard as hell what did you think of this opening contest i think that's a great encapsulation of all of this the whole time even before hangman's injury it has these two have made it feel like these guys really don't like each other right? mm -hmm. like these guys got something to prove against each other and either they don't really like each other or they are really that elite at what they do because i have felt Man, this is personal, right? Like, they have done a great job at that, and this match delivered. This was a pay-per-view quality match with a pay-per-view quality build-up to it. Uh, swinging out the gate, which AEW is notorious for, right? We're going to give you the thing maybe you were looking forward to the most right now. Let's go. Yeah. Ring the bell. Fucking the fireworks haven't fizzled out yet. Let's go. 
Yeah. So this again, as we talked about, hard hitting, back and forth, knockdown, drag out fight from all types of angles with buckshot lariats and paradigm shifts to to count on both hands, it felt like. And at the end of this contest, Hangman Adam Page gets the buckshot lariat and pins John Moxley. Now, Tim, this is where the storyline came in, and I was very fascinated. So Hangman Adam Page overcomes the concussion that was suffered at the hands of John Moxley goes through all those trials and tribulations of forgetting his uh, child's name to then going through all the tests to just get cleared. He finally gets the buckshot lariat on John Moxley. He wins the match. And then as soon as he's almost mid celebration, he sees John Moxley going through the same thing he went through. And as he walks up the ramp, he puts his head down as if he just saw a dog get kicked and now he can't even enjoy the the spoils yeah. of his victory. So what do you think from this? It looks like we're uh, going with a great storytelling. Great storytelling, especially because of the character work on both sides here, right? So before this match and after this match, the character storytelling was John Moxley is cold-blooded, really doesn't give a shit, right? He kind of liked that he injured Hangman. And so maybe he's not the fucking hero that all of y'all should look up to and hangman Mm -hmm. is the anxious millennial cowboy who's driven by i love my fucking family uh my my career this is my goal path and like and and you're gonna insult me over it and then afterwards actually has the empathy and the sorrow for the guy who couldn't give two fucks about him if moxley had done the same thing twice he would have been grinning and cutting another promo on the way out so that juxtaposition of the character work done that's what we're talking about, right? You're you're barely scratching the surface on the other side of the aisle with WWE in in the bloodline storyline with things like that. But the layers of of the character work mixed into the storyline on this, so both of these guys can take that away. Even if they never touch again, which I'm sure and they so will, that- Moxley is now more sinister and we are more bought into hangman as the everyman, like, ah man, like I can I can this is my brother here. Well, so this is where it gets to be interesting because now from a storyline perspective, Moxley has suffered the same fate as Hangman by being uh, concussed at the end of a match or during the match for Hangman. So how does he adjust, right? He was always on, he was always the hammer and everyone else was the nail. In this match, he was the nail. So how does he recover mentally, physically, and emotionally moving forward on the other end of the spectrum? Hangman Adam Page was always driven in this storyline by revenge and uh, wanting that uh, validation he that he now that he got it. But then at the cost of seeing what it, right. he went through with watching John Moxley. So then on top of that, where where do they go? Like you said, they may go separate I love, ways. I love conflicted Hangman, and I love that we keep finding ways to keep Hangman conflicted. Right. So because it's that, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I, I did what I said, but look at the guy. Did I want to do that? Is that and the this person is, I am? Yeah. And so then this goes into let's let's spin this forward a couple months. Let's just assume for example purposes, MJF is the, still the champion. The buckshot lariat needs to be hit a third time. Does hangman pull the trigger? He knows what the consequence of doing a third buckshot to an MJF is. MJF is the devil that we like to call him. 
but can Hangman live with concussing another oh wrestler? God. So and, it's just so again, this is conjecture. We're we're fantasy booking a little bit on this, but that does feel like what we were getting from Hangman with the like, what have I done here? Right, mm-hmm. like, but he, I, but he also still felt like okay. I mean, I did what I was supposed to do, but what have I done? Right. Exactly. So yeah, I'm very interested in both stories. Now yeah. peeking behind now, the curtain. Jeffrey Sills says finally Mox is getting his long awaited vacation. You think that's actually true? That's what that's I was happening? well, so peeking behind the curtain. Again, we only want to talk about what we see on TV. But if we are peeking behind the curtain, and if you go back to the comments post all out, John Moxley said, Hey, I was supposed to have a vacation. I think a concussion in this regards is what's going to get him that uh time off but when he comes back the character what is he how is he what does he do very interesting now we come back from break excalibur informs us that doc samson walked john moxley back to the stage and is being attended to so we still follow up on that concussion and then tony shivani's in the ring and he goes i just i'm not happy about what's happening next and so in my notes i'm almost like writing the j because i think this is mjf because mjf was being advertised so i'm writing mjf interview i get the j and then it's all about the boom baby and adam cole is back and what a surprise surprise. Mm -hmm. big surprise and what a promo here he just pulls on all the heartstrings so first he says i got good news and i got bad news if you go back to past retirement speeches, that's typically how it starts. He talks about the good news being he has a good perspective on wrestling and he respects the fans for checking in on him because it's a give and take and he hasn't gave anything to him, but yet they were still checking in on him and giving him love and support. And then he goes to the bad news. And this is where, again, going back to past promos like this, this is where the other shoe drops and, He has to retire, but no, Tim, Mm -hmm. he says the bad news is for that locker room and he's going to come back and he's going to kick some ass. So Tim, Adam Cole is back. What do you think? A big surprise. Uh, I am not the hugest Adam Cole guy. I don't dislike him, but I've never been like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, this is team Adam Cole, baby, or anything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But Knowing he was gone, I assume, like I think everybody else, that he had a concussion, right? A legit concussion and was out for a while. Uh, you know, come to find out, I mean, this is he's having tachycardia based from anxiety, right? And that's a horrible, if I mean, if I can say something. And and it, it brings in kind of this a thing that I think AEW is great about. And look, AEW allowed or WWE allowed Roman Reigns to speak when he come back from leukemia. Like we get those personal moments sometimes over there, but like the, the, the ability to speak about a mental health based thing, right. In this sort of male aggro world is refreshing, right? Because I mean, this is important here. Right. And, and that he's able to kind of overcome that is one, I think first and foremost, the thing that like made me really with the feels with this, right? Like Adam Cole, the guy is that his real name too? We we struggled no. with this with John Cena, right? So no, no Adam no, no, Cole's not. not Adam Cole, right? It's whatever. Right. Adam Cole, the person who plays Adam Cole, like that's where I felt the most heartstrings of like, all right, well, I'm I'm super happy there. Because by all accounts, from everything we've understood, he's a solid guy, right? Like, really likes mm-hmm. to give back to the fans, really just likes to take a low-key approach, live his life, you know what I mean? Like, isn't 
isn't some demon out there chasing things. You know what I mean? Like, seems to be pretty decent, solid dude. So I was happy for that. The storylines, I mean, I think we're moving forward. If we're talking about on-screen stuff, well, now we've got Superface Adam Cole Bay, right? Like, everybody's behind this guy now, right? So who and what, I guess, is my next question, right? Like, I mean, MJF's the champ. He's the super heel, right? But mm-hmm. we can't rush... Adam Cole comes back to that, right? So what do we do here, I guess? So I'm not sure on that, but I do want to touch on some things you talked about. So one, the thing that I like about AEW in regards to the contrast between them and WWE in this promo as the example is, as you mentioned, Roman Reigns was allowed to go out there to say, unfortunately, I got to drop the belt. But he said, hey, my name is Joe. Like, this is Joe talking to you. The difference here and maybe wrong or right, but for me, this is what I enjoy, is Adam Cole's real name is Austin. Uh, There's a funny story where WWE contacted Austin thinking they were talking to Austin Creed, Xavier Woods, but they sent the contact information to Austin, Adam Cole, and Adam Cole showed up going like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, wrong Austin. Sorry, pal. So Adam Cole is not his real name, right? So that's how I know that. But that's all to be said. Adam Cole gave this promo. So this is the character. Again, I, I applaud WWE for that one example of allowing Joe to break character to say, I got some real shit going on, so I got to step away. But that was Joe. When he came back, it's Roman Reigns again, right? We never talk about it again. It's Roman Reigns. This now is Adam Cole. Adam it's Cole part of the story. Is, it's part of the Adam well, yeah. Cole story. This is part of the Adam Cole story, just like with Hangman, the anxious millennial cowboy and all of the demons that fight him isn't the real person who's portraying Hangman Adam Page. It's the character. So that's what I like about this. The second thing that I'll say about that is he does say, I'm super face Adam Cole, baby, right? I am not an Adam Cole historian. However, I have followed him for long enough to where... I've been pseudo familiar with him. Definitely his NXT career and a little bit of his ring of honor career when he was doing the bullet club stuff. Right. And all of that time, I cannot recall a baby face, Adam Cole. Sure. Yeah. So that's the, could we argue was, was the undisputed era ever pseudo baby faces. So I think possibly when they were doing the Pat McAfee thing, yeah. Right when Pat McAfee had Pete Dunn and all of those guys, but even then right. they were still undisputed. But they're the era. yeah, they're an Austin type baby face, right? An anti-hero exactly. type yeah. face, and so is he. And Jeffrey Sill says Adam Cole's real personality fits a baby face turn, but you know he's going to go back heel once he gets the belt. Well, but that's the interesting thing. This is where my mind went to when he said, "I'm getting the championship." Let's go back to MJF playing. Uh, a little jab at Cody Rhodes where he wrote a list of all the people he was going to beat up. I don't recall. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't recall Adam Cole being on that list. It was Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson. Uh, there were some other people there, but yeah, I don't true. recall Adam Cole. Yeah, so like Triple H might've been on it or something, right? Like it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was like weird. So, names, but yeah, you're right. So maybe he was snubbed. Right. So, but I don't know where he falls into this. I'm yeah. very interested to see what is an Adam Cole baby face. Like, like Jeffrey still says, yes, I think yeah. he play. I think he enjoys the heel more. I think you could masterfully, if, if you but build it up enough, like. 
Well, if you build it up enough, I think you can masterfully do a double turn with those guys. Because MJF's the super heel, but you saw it. We'll get to his promo later. Fans are cheering with him when yeah. he's doing some of this. But it would yeah, take a, it would still... take a pointed effort. And, and I think it would be too early to do it. That's why I'm yeah. saying this thing with the Adam Cole timing makes me want to put that aside. Because, like, MJF's got a lot of – man, there's a lot to this run that needs to be had, oh, I would yeah. think. But, you know, anyway. We but Adam be. Cole's back, which is great. I, for a while, I was like, man, we might not be seeing Adam Cole again, at least not him. in that role. And I missed him. As I said, you know, I was never the biggest Adam Cole fan, but there was, what, four or five weeks ago, I said on this podcast, it's like, I miss Adam Cole. Like, I miss the baby and all the stuff and the boom and all that. It's fun to do. And he's a fun guy to watch. I think his AW run has not been stellar. I think when he came in and was kind of already doing comedy act matches with Orange Cassidy, that doesn't do great. Um, but now I think this is the, hey, I don't have a lot of time here, so let's do all the hits right now. And that's what I'm interested in. So with that being said, uh, let's keep it moving here. So we do a backstage interview that made no fucking sense to me. It was the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Uh. And again, we'll find out on Rampage what this means. But they say they're going to get a Hollywood Walk of Fame or what yeah, the fuck was which this? Which is not real. Like they're not they're not getting an actual walk of fame. Um but they did throw in the term board of directors, which I didn't know if that was a you know what I mean, <laughs> a little a little jab. They were talking about the walk of fame board of directors, but I like that he shit on Trump in, <laughs> in the moment and Bowen's like, uh, oh, not my he's like, Hey, yeah. my boy. Um good stuff, but again, yeah, I, I this was just this was throwaway to me because this was just like, stay tuned for next week was all it was. For me. Well, stay tuned for, for, for Rampage. For Rampage. Right. Yeah. right. Which Rampage has been saying, hey, let's make this more of a watch, uh, the, a program you want to watch. So, hey, put the acclaimed Maybe. on there. I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, look, the, one of the first things we back up just a quick bit when we talked about the Vince McMahon sell the Saudi and Stephanie retire. One of the underlying things that I saw almost every third tweet was, can you imagine what Max Caster is going to say? So, yeah, I'm excited for Rampage on Friday night because what is Max Caster going to rap? Man. So, you got me ready, God, right? It's going to be so good. Oh, it's going to exactly. be so good. So, to, to plug that on Dynamite, I think it was a great move. <laughs> now, let's get into such a fun tag team match here. It's Lee Moriarty versus Morrissey. Not calling him Big Bill. Fuck that. With Stokely Hathaway. Look, even the announcer didn't want to say it. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> he was like, Big Bill. <laughs> like, he didn't even like saying it. Yeah. It's so it was bad. underwhelming. But they're taking on Jungle Boy Jack Perry, hometown boy, and everyone's favorite rookie winning the PWI Rookie of the Year. It is Hook. Hook. Uh, Interesting, a uh, boy and his hook, right? <laughs> Whatever they were calling him on the show, I don't even know. Jungle hook. Jungle, Jungle hook. Jungle boy hook. and his hook. Should have been a boy and his hook. But, um, yeah, I mean, the pops for both. If we're talking top two pops, right, in AW, we might have reached them on these on these two. Um, I know, I know I had questioned when it first happened. I was like, are these guys friends now? But it also does make sense that, like, hook is, as they're marketing them, it's cool as fuck, right? Like, we all accept Hook is the fucking coolest. The coolest person in the room is like, oh, shit, you see Hook? Hook's here, right? So, yeah, whoever Hook wants to hang out with is Hook's friend, right? If Hook's like, 
yo, we're going to go get something to eat? You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, drive. I'm buying, I'll drive. I'm buying yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. driving. Yeah, right, let's go. <laughs> so, so fine. Um, I liked it. I just, again, you know, well, this is a so bit the- of a weak story, but it's, you know, not all of them are going to be high-end, top-shelf stuff, and it was fine, and I liked the match, right, of course, but... You were yeah, so the so the payoff was the T-bone suplex, right? We teased it last week when we did Morrissey looking down at Hook, Hook showing no fear. Now, credit to them for getting it in in a way that didn't make Morrissey look weak. Morrissey was standing there, he took a drop kick to the head from Jungle Boy that led right into the T-bone suplex. Hook took a very prone Morrissey and threw his ass halfway across the ring. Also credit to Morrissey for selling it as if he just found out he was adopted. Like he was so dumbfounded about what just fucking happened. Yeah. So I thought that was a really good moment. Uh, Lee takes the pin or takes the submission loss here. Jungle boy puts him in the snare trap, gets the victory to your point. I don't think this was going to be something that we're going to lead into a pay-per-view, but it was something that says, Hey, don't you like jungle boy? Yeah. Don't you like hook? Yeah. Well, we got this fucking yeah, faction over here that's doing going, shit. Right? Yeah, and yeah. we got this faction over here that we had good plans for, but then CM Punk blew it all up. So what the fuck are we doing now? <laughs> right? So we shall see what happens to the firm. Also, we shall see what happens to the best friends. So we go backstage, Ooh. and Orange Cassidy is being interviewed with Danhausen and Golden Globe winner Paul Walter. Hauser, which side note, I actually talked to this guy for an hour on Ron Funch's podcast. Super uh. fan, really nice guy. Uh, but Dan Housen's playing fun with uh Paul Walters, uh Emmy that he won for Blackbird, and then his name and all this stuff. But then Paul asked Orange Cassidy, Hey, uh, you and the best friends cool? And then the best friends walk up and Trent. Not a hundred percent sold that he was happy, but he says, yeah, we're good. And they put in their hands. And then I think the camera was on him for too long. Cause then they do one, two, three. <laughs> it was kind of awkward at the very yeah. end. But what do you think here? Oh man. Are we getting a heel turn from the best friends? Oh, Are we man, getting a heel turn? Break. Are we getting a heel turn from orange Cassidy? Ooh. Ooh, that might be the better route to go. Right. And everybody's thinking it's the other way. Because Trent's the one butt hurt, right? Right. That's mm-hmm. a, what we're thinking. But maybe Orange Cassidy does. He's doing the like, oh, oh, kicks or whatever, and then he gives an actual. How's your father? To Trent and and having Orange Cassidy as a heel. Because look, the I don't care mentality is fun for a babyface, but it can work great as a heel, right? Pins him by just putting a finger on him. Doesn't even like get into the ring, gets a disqualification. I mean, we could do some real fun things with the heel orange casting. So hundred percent. Very oh, especially Trent and, and Chuck could probably yeah. get a lot out of that. Oh, definitely. All right. So then we move on and we get match one of I guess eight more weeks. I'm not good at counting, but Brian Danielson's in action with Takashi. Is that his name? I don't know. Takesha. MJF Takesha. Takesha. Well, MJF says take a shit up. And so I thought that was funny. Yeah. But MJF pulls all the most racist cards here. Cause oh, all of them. Because he comes out and interrupts Brian Daniels uh, intro. In a weird way, just... he it was okay that he 
that he said so much racist shit because he like did all of them. Right. It was well, like, if you're going to go in, go all in. Right. And, and again, yeah. my, my thing that I've said since day one of this podcast is, you know, if you're going to tell the story of Jesus, someone has to be the devil. We can't everyone have yeah. a good person if we're doing good versus evil. So it made a hundred percent sense that he would say all of that shit because he fucking sucks. Right. Like yeah. as a, you know, he's a bad person. So, I mean, he's great, but you know what I'm saying? I thought the blocking of this or the the arrangement was a little weird. Yes. He comes I out think, for the match and then MJF just gets to stop and then like tells him to get out of the ring and shit and stuff yeah. like that. And like it was weird, yeah. I think what we, this is again, if I have the pencil, right? Let me grab it here real quick. I have the pen and I'm gonna book it. What I would do is have MJF come out, cut his promo, and then say the guy that's going to beat Brian Danielson this week is this guy and then he comes out and then you can say hey don't get in the ring yet i'm yeah. not done and then he does the freddie prince jr the kin jong all that stuff that would have made more sense this was kind of weird first of all i'm a little like i'm a little upset that freddie prince didn't play into it enough kin jong gave the best performance <laughs> like he was like i'm gonna fucking come in there and beat shit out of you <laughs> like mad and freddie prince was like all right, good one. Like, no, man. Like, aren't you trying to be a wrestling promoter? Like, don't you get what's going on here? Be mad at him. I'll be it. So I, the rest of the crowd was kind of, you know, like I said, cheering along with it. That's a little bit of the fine line that I think to somewhat surprise me a little bit is MJF is maybe straddling the line a little too much, right? Like, I think we are liking it a little too much, right? He's got to find something. And maybe the racist things, right, are a way to kind of steer you into that, right? But you don't want to go too far into that either right so how do we how do we get us bully ray was a master at this where we're like yeah that was funny and he'd be like really i think your mother's a bitch and you'd be like oh hey fuck you you know what i mean yeah. like he could turn you back in a second hogan could do that too right like there's there's some folks that can flip you back when they don't want you to be cheering them and and, and i'd be interested to see if mjf can start doing that well the thing with bully ray and again peeking behind the curtain uh, from all indications, he is a fucking piece of shit person. He is so, like a right, yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's yeah. easy for him to Just do that. Came naturally. I right? yeah. Yeah. I don't know, even though MJF is committed to the character, if he really is a bad person. So we'll from see. All accounts, he's now, not. Yeah, right. I will say that he doesn't play into it like he was when he was flirting with the babyface turn before the Moxley match. Right? He's not doing the and say the catchphrase with me. So I will give him credit with that. Now again, we're gonna like what we like and all of that. But to me, MJF should never be heel, or excuse me, never be babyface. He should always be heel, 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 heel. Don't ever make him Miz. Yeah, it babyface. would almost be yeah, because then it would be too hard to go back i think right yes yes we could say we could easily write mjf into a baby face and have him shit talking all the heels but then trying to go back nope would be the problem right that's yep. where we wouldn't be able to reconnect uh back on the old subject before we continue on this one uh on the best friends possible split up with orange cassidy jeffrey sills sills awesome bill from dawson bill the beer sponsor of the week hey where that guy pays his taxes on time uh, he says they split up and Danhausen goes on a journey to bring the crew back together and go for the trios against the elite. Oh my God. That would be fun. Storytelling Danhausen trying to like mend the, the broken hearts of the best friends. Oh, that could be such good stuff. 
Oh, and threatens them with curses if they don't get back together. Yeah, that's so much fun. I like that. That's a great idea. Love that idea. Uh, So yeah, then Danielson comes out after MJF's promo. And these two, again, have just a knockdown drag out fight. Uh, Danielson gets the victory afterwards, raises the hand of his opponents because he's still being babyface here. So yay, there we go. And next week we get Danielson versus Bandito, which fun fact, that's Spanish for bandit. Ah, right there. There it is. Write that down. Bandit. So yeah, he takes on. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, he takes on Bandito. Where do you think who who do you think is going to be that match where we go? Oh fuck! I think he actually might lose this one. Who 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 is that person? Do you think that's that's a bit of the worry with this? Is I don't know that we have it right. Like MJF or, or excuse me, Brian Danielson's already wrestled all the top names in AW that are at his level. Are they? Are they not? Hmm. You know what I would do. MJF says in his last ditched effort before this Ironman match were to take place. Hey, fuck you, Danielson. All you're doing is beating guys that Tony Khan is picking for you because Tony Khan likes you. Let me pick out your opponent. Danielson then goes, yeah, fuck you. Fine, whatever. And then he picks Claudio and you do Claudio versus Danielson. Because if you recall, the last time we did BCC versus BCC, Danielson lost to Moxley. So then we would find out a true pecking order of what well, like that. the BCC is. Yeah, because that's the spirit of the Blackpool Combat Club, right? There's I'm not going to lay down for you. Yeah, right. And Danielson's like, well, I wouldn't want you to because I don't need you to. And he's like, oh, you don't. <laughs> and then. And then we get a, oh, I like that. I like that. Well, and I thought about an interesting wrinkle could be on the way there is he's like, all right, well, Tony Khan, I'm going to pick this one. And uh, he doesn't work for me anymore. But in this situation, he does. You're taking on Wardlow, right? And then Danielson's got to fight Wardlow. Wardlow's like, fuck you, dude. And he's like, get in there, right? We have some of that same thing where he's like, all right, I'm going to beat this guy, but because I need to beat this guy, not the fuck you, right? Like you get Mm -hmm. some of that going on. I think that can help. Um, But the Cesaro one or Claudio one is, yeah, yeah, God, that's good stuff. Yeah. Hire Tom. I like that. That's a good answer. So those are the two most viable options. Cause I agree a Wardlow coming back with a shaved head and I'm kicking everyone's ass. Who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I like those. Those are two very viable options. Oh yeah. You can say, you know, mm-hmm. old friends or, you know, old bedfellows or whatever. And now we've got a heel Wardlow, maybe. Yeah, that could be good, too. Yeah. Yeah. But can I tell you a secret of who I really want it to be? Mm-hmm. I want MJF to bring back Nick fucking Gage. Oh, yes. Get a fucking pizza cutter. Fucking Brian Danielson, oh. the greatest technical wrestler taking on Nick Gage, the greatest deathmatch wrestler, would just be insane especially if he was able to put some like stipulation on it too like just, oh, oh and because you know brian danielson when peeking behind the curtain again when he did his post-match interview for the first time he wrestled in AEW, he's like i want to do things that scare me go with the fucking guy that'll kill you like legitimately go ask david arquette he'll fucking really try to kill we you. we met nick gage we hugged oh, nick gage guy. but i was at all seconds aware that he might shank me I don't hope he would <laughs> fucking take me. 
lay me down softly. You know what I mean? Just fucking get me with a light tube right in the sternum. Tom would have oh, went with this. any suggestion Nick Gage made in that moment. If Nick if he Gage said, to... we're going to go break into the White House, Tom yeah. would have been oh. kicking the door down. <laughs> if he said, we're robbing a bank again and I'm going to be successful this time, I'm saying, fuck yeah, I'm right there No with masks. You. Fuck that. I yeah. ain't a pussy. And Tom would be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. We're not pussies. Fuck that. Let's go, Nick Gage. Uh, Love your fucking energy. <laughs> Love your fucking energy. God, he's so great. Okay, so then backstage, we do an interview with Juice Robinson. Remember that guy? Yeah. He's here. What was this, too? He was weird. <laughs> he is weird. Hey, fine, stick out, right? I get it, yeah. but like it was odd. Rock hard or whatever he is, but he issues an open gym. Jeffrey Sill says, you sure know your Espanol, Tomas. That's Spanish for Thomas. Mm, Rosetta yeah, Stone. Look at, <laughs> All right, look at this. Weird. <laughs> you learn stuff when you watch the Spanish announce table. Tell you what. <laughs> Thanks here for the we go. beer, by the way. Oh, yeah. Beer's I got to mix it up week. because God. I have all the chemo and stuff. Well, I'm on uh, the stout, but, um, too. I might need a water here pretty soon. Been down these stouts. Hey. Should have brought a knife and fork. Hey, ooh, oh, man, that's great when they're thick like that. Anyhow, uh, Juice Robinson. Uh, oh, I love them long- thick. Yeah, long and short of it here is uh, Juice Robinson challenges Darby Allen. So we're going to see Darby Allen beat up Juice Robinson. That'll be fine. Uh, um, and then Tim, it's not technically right before the main mm. event, but it is the last match before the main event. Tim, you know what time so, it is? It's it's time, time for, for the the women. Fucking Tony, love the predictability. Oh yeah! Oh, here's a woman. Yeah. Oh yeah! It's time for the women, and guaranteed, Britt Baker is going to be one of them. Yeah, <laughs> and she which was. hasn't necessarily been true, which hasn't necessarily been true for the most part. But the women before the main event has been a noticeable ninety-eight percent of the time. Yeah, um, yeah, because they main evented once with Sheeta and Jamie Hader, and then they main evented another time with Britt baker and thunder rosa and that's it uh but here uh, we on. get a tag team match hold on again we're on a bit of a delay with the live stream so the chat sometimes forces us to dial back a little bit but jeffrey sill says danielson is going to counter the spin into the regal stretch now that would be impressive he's got the claudio spin oh, claudio counters yeah, it in the stretch i hey if you tell me that's going to happen i'm paying you money for it exactly yeah, hundred percent. That'd be great. Uh, but here we go. We got a women's tag team match. It's Tony Storm taking on Soraya, or excuse me, it's Tony Storm and Soraya taking on Jamie Hayter and Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. And I talked to Kata, longtime supporter of the show. Oh, Kata, shout out, Kata. And nice. I was under. So the the finish here comes where Hikaru Shida. Not asked by anyone and also mm. did not walk out with Tony Storm and Soraya. Walks down to the ring, kendo stick in hand. And then at a weird time where the ref is distracted, she throws the kendo stick at the feet of Tony Storm, which is then intercepted by Britt Baker. Britt Baker uses it on Tony Storm. Jamie Hayter gets the victory. Hikaru Shida acts like she just screwed up. Oh, my goodness. Now, if I were to predict, and if I get this wrong, I don't give a shit. But if I were to predict, 
I would think she'd have did that on purpose, but oh, what did I do? However, it just felt a little clunky. What did you right. think? Same thing. I, f- I thought it felt a little clunky, but I guess, yeah, sometimes it can be a mistake that wasn't necessary. Like it wasn't a, oops, what did I do? I was trying to help, but there was already, we weren't kind of liking each other. And now you're like, what the fuck did you do? And be like, Hey, I agree. We weren't kind of liking each other, but I was trying to fucking be nice. So like now I'm really pissed off that you're mad that I was trying to be nice, trying to fucking, you know what I mean? Like you were the asshole the whole time anyway. Right. Like, so maybe that's where we're headed. And that's kind of what I feel is like, yeah, maybe that's what we're getting, but it was clunky. I agree. I also think, she just should have just came down with him that she walked down three yeah. to four minutes into the match. Mm-hmm. That's what threw me off as well is what the fuck are we doing here? Right. So that was awkward. Yeah. Um, uh, but- Jeffrey Sills says uh, the real person to bring in to beat Danielson, El Generico and Kevin Steen. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, even if deals start happening, those guys aren't released from their contracts for a while. So yeah, uh, that, that would, oh, I would. That would be great. I would pop. I would pop. Yeah. We'll say that. <laughs> Love El Generico, one of the best. Um, he does then, say, hey, "I right. like Juice when he's rock hard and part of the Bullet Club." I'll give it that. That rock hard line is kind of fun. I, man, hey, I still like, even though they wanting us to boo him, but CJ Robinson Parker, yeah. or CJ Parker, Parker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, why did we boo the guy that was saying we needed to like help the environment? Like we do. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we mad at that guy? He was just like, Hey, we should stop putting trash on the ground. And we were like, fuck you. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. 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 We were the Sarah Palin's to his fucking yeah. just rational ideas. Um, but Hey, right before the main event, we did get an interview segment. It is the Jericho appreciation society. Uh, Chris Jericho mentions how they invaded PWG battle of Los Angeles. That got a huge pop. Cause again, they are in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That was also pretty cool. Did you get to see that online? Yeah. But they came that. in yep. did a match. That was yep. pretty fun. Um, and then they're just talking shit. And then here comes Ricky Starks and action Andretti and they're fine. Ricky Starks is here's the thing I don't like about action Andretti and Ricky Starks. Now, again, we're peeking behind the curtain. It totally makes sense that you're going to put a rookie at this level with someone more experienced. However, it is so painfully obvious that Ricky Starks is up here six to seven levels ahead of Action Andretti. So so to put him there, it just makes, it just doesn't aesthetically look good. You know how we've often, we refer to some wrestlers as they look like the generic dollar store wrestling figures, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they, they have a generic name. Action Andretti not only looks like that, his name is also like what they would name <laughs> the generic wrestler at the dollar store. So it's really hard to get behind. And yes, it, it, right now we were on the Ricky Starks is that fucking dude train. And now we're adding some extra weight and slowing that down. That's it right there. That is it 100%. For saying Ricky Starks is the fucking man, which I think we're all in agreement, he's the fucking man. He's the fucking guy. Yeah, we like that guy. He doesn't need, and look, I love Powerhouse Hobbs, but he doesn't need a second like he had with Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, Powerhouse Hobbs is fucking awesome, and Action Andretti just is not right now. Oh, yeah. I, in, yeah, feels- He could have a Kevin Nash to the Shawn Michaels if we were going to go that route, but right now he's on a face run, so we're not going that route. And he just needs to be Ricky Starks. 
Ricky Starks, right? This guy, Ricky Starks, he doesn't need BFF with him. That shit, he's done that already, right? We don't need it again. The other thing with Action Andretti that I'll say is, brother, I know you're watching. I know you're listening. Thank you so much for the support. But like lean into it, right? So like the hottest thing in motorsports right now is F1. Be a fucking F1 driver, right? Be the 2023 version of spark plug Bob Holly and fucking wear the nicest, like, cause that could fit with Ricky Starks. Because if you watch F1 or if you watch the F1 Netflix show, like it's the top of the top million dollars with Will Smith and Tom Brady are going to watch you race. Be that fucking guy where you're walking around like on the shit and I can race cars, right? Like, but right now you're just walking out going, my name's Action, man, I'm Andretti, and I got to win over, over the old Chris Jericho. How about that? You know, it's fuck out of here. Hey, so this ends, though, with honestly probably the most underwhelming thing they could have done. Uh, Ricky Starks challenges Jake Hager to a match. And someone still thinks that the I like this hat is fucking cool. It's not me. Dude, I, yeah, that was my, that was what I was saying about the Jericho thing. It's like, yes, Jericho can come up with things that are funny to say, and we might want to say, but he will write it until he knows nobody wants to say it anymore. You know what I mean? They will mm-hmm. take it too long. Oh, they're How selling many times the fucking has Anna JAS said, "I will choke you out." It yeah, was funny and, once. And they're they're selling they're selling the fucking hat on Shop AEW. So like, they really think you're gonna love it, and no, no. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to get that. Ricky Starks has to carry the weight of Jake Hager next week. By the way, Jake Hager, I get it. You're undefeated. You're beating fucking grocery store baggers from High V in Raytown, Missouri. Fuck out of here. Anyhow, uh, then we get to the main event, and it is Literally match- from Raytown, Missouri. Like, actually, yeah! yeah, right. He's only beating up guys from Kansas City that we can drive and go meet. J.W. Kaiser, I've punch that motherfucker in the face so They'll many times. They'll sign up to do it if we pay for their fucking Whataburger. Yeah, but like, I've trained with J.W. Kaiser, his first victory. That guy fucking sucks. Anyhow, sorry, <laughs> J.W., you're a great guy. Uh, Jeffrey um, still says, Action Andretti needs to fall back like Homer did into the bushes on the mic. Good or reference. just in general. Look, I'm not, look, where's he's, Miro? He's great for ROH, right? Like, I thought we were starting yes. that up. Th- there you go. Send him there. I want Miro. Fucking put Miro with Ricky Starks. I'll buy that more, but I ain't buying Action Andretti. All right, so we get into match seven. It is the ladder match for the AEW Trios Championship, and we got everything at once. This was everything all of the time, as Bo Burnham would say. And Young Bucks Elite, let's just fucking, we have three minutes Let's hit every move at all at the same time. And that's what they did here. It was everybody want everybody finisher at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, This was a trios version of Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg at WrestleMania, where it's just finishers all the fucking time. The the delay hitting us once again. Jeffrey still says if Ricky Starks is a dollar store rock, action Andretti is the family dollar Ricky Starks. that's great yeah that was a great one so hey the the show ends here with uh kenny omega picking up the tag team titles off of the ladder uh he hits one winged angel off of the ladder onto ray phoenix good match 
great seven matches. If I were to say, hey, watch these seven matches, I think everyone would be like, those were fun. However, the one thing that was a little disappointing in retrospect, now that I've had a night to think about it, and they used it once in this match, but it wasn't the storytelling that I was wanting, but the hammer. The We're hammer, talking about yeah. the hammer in the first yeah, I thought three the whole matches. thing was about the hammer. That's what started the seven series feud was because of their issues with the hammer, right? Like, Yeah. And so I like well, how we went from... Here's where I'll challenge something as well, right? Okay. Again, I, we discussed how, you know, the a seven-match series is this reserved, valued concept, right? There's, there mm-hmm. ha- they really, we really haven't overused this in pro wrestling. There's a few examples, but I, I definitely don't think it's been overdone. So we asked at the start of this, who is this venturing into that territory? Because this storyline wasn't necessarily quite there. And you said, yeah, maybe, right? You brought up here's why and why, right? But like it, it, it just, it feels like, yes, we did it, but I don't feel like now the situation is over, right? right. Nobody got the better of anybody. Nobody proved they're better than anybody. Nobody definitively said, all right, we don't want to fuck with these guys anymore. So I don't feel like it happened, right? Like, yeah, we had a best of seven and the elite won. But if we did an eighth, it would even up again, right? Like, I just don't feel like anything was accomplished with this. And that's kind of where I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, it doesn't. And also, it doesn't feel like any team is any different besides one, one, right. one loss, right? Death yeah. Triangle didn't break if up. This was the end of Death Triangle, right? Some other cat, like some other wrinkle in the story we're missing here. The, yeah. the hammer didn't the hammer didn't end the Death Triangle, right? Like that's the story I thought we were telling. Yeah, or it didn't bring the elite closer together because they were able to save, right? One of them sacrificed themselves by getting hit with the hammer, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, yeah, it, it just felt like, hey, man, those were seven cool matches, but not as we were talking about. AEW does really well with the storytelling. I felt like they did really well for the first three matches. And then the next four were, hey, isn't this shit cool? Well, yeah. All right, then we're just going to say it's cool. And it's like, I mean, okay, right? So, Trio's champions are the elite. Now, this is what I think. Peeking again behind the curtain, as I like to say, maybe we'll be a t-shirt later. Um, But I think now, whatever was supposed to happen at All Out, right? Because the inaugural champions were the elite beating Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page. I think whatever that was, whatever we had planned before the brawl out, I think now that's what we're going to get. And I think that because going back to the start of the night, as we mentioned, Hangman is distraught. Now, if you recall the finish to their match at All Out, Hangman had to watch as he fucked up and hit John Silver with the buckshot lariat. He was being held down as John Silver got the one, two, three count. Again, he was distraught. A little bit different, right? Because now it's, I don't know my own strength. What am I doing here? Right. But again, he's at a crisis. So whatever we're going to do post all out with hangman, the elite and all of that stuff, I think now we're going to get to that. I think this is where whatever that was, because now again, if if everything would have 
coincided with what their plans were. John Moxley's out. Hangman's conflicted. The elite are your trios champions. Everything's back to what it was at the end of all out before CM Punk blew everything up. So I'm interested to know what happens next. Well, and there's that caveat too of FTR has been saying, Hey, let's all do business. And I look business could be business and that could be made. Not something I really want to see. Oh, God damn it, Tim. Tim, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see the fucking crowd. I would want to see it if if it wasn't. Yes. That part will be cool. But when CM Punk can't walk out midway through the match because he broke his fucking heel, then all of it's going to be less impressive than we thought it was going to be. It's always going to undeliver, right? Or just, just fall short of delivering. He will he will do that because physically he's just not capable and he's never been athletic enough to be capable of it. And now he's 45 years old. However, uh, again, if you pay attention to Twitter and all of that, uh, Dax Harwood oh. said that FTR is going to sit out the remainder of their contract. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that for one fucking second, because what they said, what Dax Harwood said is FTR wants to take a break to heal up, which is probably true because they went through some hard fucking matches but All then year they were they were right. killing it. But then after that, they may want to do things that have always interested. This is all a red herring. No, they fucking don't. What's going to happen is the elite are going to do whatever they were going to do with Hangman because I think those two things align back to again what all that was supposed to be, and then the elite are going to be like, "We're fucking the best, huh?" And then cult of personality hits. He walks in. Kenny Omega then grabs a microphone and is like, you, it's three against one. Do you want to do this again? Like in Chicago going into that, right? A steel isn't here to help you. Someone will say that line. Ooh, everyone gets excited. And then dun, 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 FTR fucking walk out, whatever that next pay-per-view is trios match. And here's the, here's the beauty of it. CM Punk can do one, go to sleep or miss it and get hit with a super kick doesn't even have to break a sweat really and we get probably the match of the year because ftr can fucking do that with anyone oh yeah and the pop of the night yeah i'm not i'm not discrediting that it's smart business Uh yeah i just yeah yeah it would be cool to see cm punk it wouldn't be so cool to see phil brooks how about that (laughs) you know what i mean so but here's the fun thing about the aew aspect of all this shit we talked about earlier if you were to believe the knuckle draggers of reporting, which is pro wrestling journalists, you would believe that Miro, FTR, Sean Spears, Andrade were so mad and upset. And we got to get out of here. Go back and work for Triple H. We got to go back and work for Triple H. Well, that motherfucker ain't around anymore, or at least not calling the shots. And as, as if you recall on Twitter, Tony Khan, when the news broke that Vince McMahon came back, said, it's crazy how everyone's so nice to me today. Yeah, yeah. So it must be the extended holiday spirit, he said. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, Tony Khan isn't shy of, like, you know, being like, hey, fuckers, right? Like, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll talk some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and word is that they have put their names in as interested buyers. Oh, now, it sounds like the cons, first of all, they won't have a shot. No. And it sounds like they also don't have the funds themselves that they have said, hey, we're interested, we'll get a team together. 
But look, if names like Comcast and Fox are in on it, you're probably not in on it, Cons. You know what I mean? I mean could be wrong, but well, I think they could definitely get the money. That the money aspect is not hard for them. Sure, to and I think that's what they told them. Like, hey, we'll find the money. But I just think that people are going to be like, nah, nah, we're not, not you, right? Well, I think it's the hey, we're your last option. Because if they really get their back to the wall and all options have been legitimately exhausted, where Comcast says no and leaves the table, we said Disney and all these others, and then the cons are like, nah, now. It won't happen. Because, again, we could bid to buy WWE. Bidding for anything is fucking easy. Like, I, I work for a company that does uh, RFPs, which is requests for proposals. I see a thousand fucking invited vendors to bids that they have no dealing with, but they just want to put their hat in the ring. So, yeah, that's all this is. But mm. it would be fucking cool, wouldn't it? It would be great. It would be... <laughs> I, I would love a... the the I would love a... The name does say Khan, <laughs> but it says oh. Tony Khan, right? Like, just lean into it. Just fucking. But from a so health cool. perspective, from a health perspective, I would never want that to happen because Tony yeah, no. Khan will legitimately think he can do it all and he yeah. will die. He will yeah. die. Well, and just, we had an issue with one person owning the entirety of, of pro wrestling mm. television, uh, at least stateside, and we didn't like it. And so I, I would think some of the same issues would raise their head um but aw was fun and it was so fun and it felt like a party and it felt like friends which is not what's been happening on the other side of the fence with wwe and vince mcmahon is trash and i, I don't know what else to really say about that you know it's not trash is our beer sponsor of the week awesome bill from dawsonville uh, again you should follow uh him on instagram at fuck your mama two times that's f-u-k-y-o-m-m or m-o-m-m-a two x and I heard, Tom, that Instagram asked him to join so that they could go viral. Facts. Facts. And so you two could be the beer sponsor of the week. We told you SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Hit the PayPal donation or just hit us up on the Cash app, Spanish Announce Table. Uh, chat with us live during the YouTube streams like all, all these folks have over here. The Jeffrey Sills. The Roy Baptiste was in there. Theo was in there. We've had a lot of fun tonight. Tom. I love it wrestling it's it's we'll have more to talk about the unfolding story right but wrestling is ever changing and we're here for you we're here to give you the updates each week so we'll hope you join us next week right here on the spanish announce table the spanish announce table